You're listening to the Online Marketing Made Easy Podcast, episode number 211. Welcome to the Online Marketing Made Easy Podcast. Business advice so easy, you'll feel like you're cheating. And now your host, Amy Porterfield. Hey there, welcome back to another episode of the Online Marketing Made Easy Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Porterfield, and today we are going to take a trip back to my early days. Those first few years when nothing seemed to be going as planned, and everything that came my way felt like a big deal, or a big opportunity, or a really big challenge. Uh, those early years. I wouldn't trade them for the world, but I never want to go back to them. So in episode number 152, how to avoid FOMO, fear of missing out, in your business to make better decisions, I talked a lot about what I say no to today and why I say no. It was a popular episode because many of you realized, like I did, that I was saying yes because I just didn't want to miss out on a potential opportunity. But when you say yes, you are saying no to something else. So in that episode, we explored what your FOMO yeses were costing you. I'll link to that episode if you missed it. I definitely think it's worth checking out. Now, in today's episode, it's a little bit of a follow-up on that episode because we're talking about these yeses and these no decisions, but there's a twist because we're going to go back to my early days and look at what I said yes to. Because in my brand new podcast Facebook community that many of you are a part of, so thank you for being there, I asked you what you wanted more of. And so many of you said, give us the details about what life and business look like in the early years. You wanted to know about my business and what it was like starting out and the decisions I made to get to where I am today and the challenges I faced as I went along building this business. So my dear listener, your wish is my command. In this episode, I'm going to share some specifics about what I once said yes to in the early days, the yeses that got me here in a place where I've built a multi-million dollar online business with engaged audience members and a suite of online training programs. I'm also going to share with you when and why I shifted out of the yes and into the no as my business grew. Every time my business hits a milestone or pivots in one way or another, I need to ask myself, is this the right decision for where I'm at today with my business? Is this the right decision for where I'm at today in my business? That's a question you can be asking yourself as well. I've said this before, and it's worth saying again, the business you have today will look dramatically different just a few years from now, especially if you're just starting out. So the business you have today will look dramatically different in just a few years from now. That means that if you're saying yes to things now, you're likely going to be saying no to those same things down the road. Ultimately, my goal is to help you choose your very best yeses for your specific phase of business. Your best yes is an educated one, 
a thoughtful one, what you really think is right for you right now. My brand voice guide is my business's North Star when it comes to keeping all my business content and marketing content clear, consistent, and inviting. That's why I created the brand voice guide outline you wish you had sooner, which is a free resource to help your business experience the same as mine. So all you have to do is plug in your business details into the given outline that I've created that has all the essential components of a brand voice guide. So you don't even have to pay to get it created like I did. You can plug in your information and you'll be well on your way to having a cohesive voice across all brand assets. And I've even shared my own brand voice guide with you so you can use it as a reference as you craft your own. It's like having a mentor right by your side. So go to amyporterfield.com forward slash voice guide to grab your copy of the brand voice guide outline you wish you had sooner. And I can promise you, you're going to elevate your brand instantly. That's amyporterfield.com forward slash voice guide. Number one, yes to speaking opportunities. Now, I've talked about this one before. When I was first starting out and I began to get offers to speak, I said yes. I did it because I knew I had to put myself out there to be seen, to get exposure, to make the right connections. I couldn't hide behind my computer when no one hardly knew me. So in the early years, it made sense for me to do a lot of speaking gigs and travel all over the world to get noticed, to network, to meet the people whom I would eventually call my ideal customer avatar, my potential customers. I needed to get out there and meet them and just doing it online wasn't going to be enough for me. So I wanted to push myself. It wasn't easy. I never have loved speaking on stage, but I did it because I knew it would stretch me and make me better in so many ways. Now, you likely know the story of my current day view of traveling for business and for speaking on stage. I don't love it. I like to be home in Carlsbad, California with Cade and Hobie and Scout. And if I travel, I prefer it to be for fun. I also don't do tons of speaking. I choose about two main speaking gigs a year. I do this because I don't enjoy being on stage. And the great thing is I don't have to be. I intentionally set up my business using a model that would allow me to be successful every single day, but I don't have to get on a plane or get in a car to do so. I feel very grateful about that because it works for me. That doesn't mean it has to work for you. You might say yes to speaking now if you're just getting started, and you might continue to say yes to speaking because you love it, because it fuels you. By all means, do what works for you. But you asked me to share some of my early day experiences, and speaking was one that I said yes to for a long time, for at least three solid years. Now, I believe in sacrifices when building your business or going after something that you really want, you really believe in, and that you're passionate about. Sometimes that takes sacrifices. So for me, traveling to the Philippines and the UK and being away from my family, that did feel like a sacrifice for me. For you travel bugs, you might look at that and think that feels like a dream come true to me. But you also have to remember that before I started my online business, I traveled the world 
world for six years working with Tony Robbins. So we were on the road all the time. So I had already experienced that, loved it, enjoyed so much of it. And so when I went into my own business, I was ready to slow down that travel, but I didn't for a few more years because I believe getting on stage, getting out there, even if you don't go far, even if you just go to another state, I believe it makes a difference when you're just starting out. So for you, I highly recommend you take advantage of the speaking opportunities that are coming your way or maybe coming your way very soon. It's a great experience. You will learn so much about your ideal audience and about yourself. And honing in on those speaking skills will help you so much when you do video, when you create content in your courses and for your webinars. But if you reach a point where you don't enjoy the travel and the speaking, you've got to look at where your business is, look at your business model and ask yourself, do I have to keep traveling and speaking on stage to make this business work? If the answer is yes, change your business model. If the answer is no, don't do what you don't want to do anymore. All right, moving on to number two. Yes to trades. Now, when I was just starting out, I was still working part-time in corporate. If you remember my story, for a while, I was working part-time at Tony Robbins while working from home and still traveling to unleash the power within. That was the event that I was working on in terms of marketing. So I would work part-time there and then part-time on my business. And I would always take on a good trade, meaning I would give feedback on somebody's social media strategy or their content strategy, and they would say, design a landing page for me or help me troubleshoot a problem where I wasn't knowledgeable in that area. So I love doing trades. When you're just starting out and you don't have a lot of money and you don't have a lot of expertise just yet, Trades are a great idea if you make smart decisions around those trades. You're not saying yes to every trade that comes your way, but if you see it as a win-win, go for it. It's also a great way to get testimonials. So if I were to help a friend on their social media strategy, they could give me a testimonial. Testimonials are not just valuable if someone paid you for it. It's all about the results you got them. And so I would use those trades for testimonials when I didn't have any paying customers yet. So after a year or so of doing this, I didn't do it for the whole three years, which I call the first three years, my early years. I did trades for about the first year because after a while, I realized I didn't have the bandwidth to take on trades. I either had to work with someone that paid me or not do the work. I was finally starting to get more social media clients. Remember back in the day, I did social media for small businesses, their strategy, their posting, everything in between. So my bandwidth was getting shorter and shorter. Also, more importantly, I discovered that when I did a trade and didn't pay for a service, like somebody writing my copy or something getting designed, I wasn't a priority. So today I always pay for it. I want to be a priority. Even when it's my closest friend, I want to pay for it. Because again, I want to be a priority. I want them to hit a deadline and paying for it helps ensure that. But when I didn't have the money to make that happen, you can bet I did really strategic trades. So for you, when you're in your first few years of business and you want to save some money, trade strategically, make sure it's a win-win. But as you start to scale and as you start to get busier, you don't want to have bandwidth issues. 
And I want you to think about saying no, or at least limiting those arrangements to just a few core a year. And here's a side note. If you want a telltale sign that you've outgrown the trade model, the next time you do a trade, if you feel resentful about the relationship in any way, it's time to get out, my friend. It's time to move on and pay for those services. All right, moving on to number three. Yes to one-off chats and coffee meetings. I know you can relate to this one. A friend or a friend of a friend calls you up or messages you and asks for a coffee break or, hey, can we chat or let's meet up or I'd love to have a conversation with you over lunch. These are going to start coming to you more and more if they are not already coming your way. So in the early years, I said yes to these invitations. I never knew what to expect. I never knew what they might lead to. And I was curious enough to go meet with a lot of people. I did a lot of coffee dates. And if I was being really honest, I was hoping some of those would turn into clients because when you do service work, you definitely want to say yes to these coffee meetings. Now, in some situations, they would lead to me getting a new client. And in other situations, they were just really great opportunities for me to meet people in the industry, learn about what they're working on. They could learn about what I'm working on. Maybe from there, a client could come because they would recommend me. So it was important for me to be seen and heard and get out there and meet people. But then as time went on and I became more knowledgeable and more in demand, those chat opportunities became opportunities for people to pick my brain. If you really think of that term, it's a disgusting term, pick your brain. And then if you think about it as an entrepreneur, it's like the death, right? We do not want people to pick our brains. We usually hate those opportunities. So just as a side note, let's never call anybody and say, can I pick your brain? Because nobody wants to hear that. So these opportunities to meet with people and maybe get some clients and put myself out there, soon became these opportunities for people to just ask me a million questions about social media. And this was many years ago. So social media was still very confusing to most, especially those with small businesses. So they didn't even know what to do. They didn't even know how to get on Twitter or how to even start a Facebook page. So they really wanted all the information. So again, I was saying yes to these coffees and I was even saying yes to people that wanted to pick my brain. For one, I thought I had to say yes. Like I thought that if I'm going to build a business, I've got to have these types of meetings. That's just part of it, which is not true. But I also did get something out of it. Like I said, in the early days when I was meeting with people, I did have a lot of opportunity just to meet with people. And it was a pitch and catch and great conversations. But then it turned into more of the pick your brain kind of scenarios. And that's when I started to say no. I had a former hairstylist that every time I sat in her chair, she would pick my brain. So here I was paying for the service and I had to give her advice the whole time. And then I would go home and a day later, I would get a text asking me more advice. Notice I said former hairstylist. Nobody wants to do that. You've got to have that downtime, right? So I think this one saying yes to one-off chats and coffees, you have to be careful about it. I still want you to do it. But when you start again to feel resentful, you have to pull yourself back. You can't be mad at anybody. They're allowed to ask you to pick your brain. 
You're the one who has to say, you know what? No, I'm not going to do this anymore. So I eventually realized that it wasn't my best yes to say yes to these types of meetings. I needed to get my time back. And remember, every single time you say yes to a coffee date or an opportunity to have lunch with someone, you are taking yourself away from your work. You're taking your focus away, your time, your effort, possibly money. So say yes to what feels right to you, but be mindful of that as well. So for you, I know you're getting these requests or you're going to start getting them soon. People will want to meet with you. I want you to limit them and also just be really mindful and go with your gut. If someone asks you to a coffee date, you can even ask a few questions just to make sure it's not a whole session where they're going to ask you a million questions and you don't get any value from it. But I will say that going with your gut is important too because just a few years ago, Rick Mulready asked me to a coffee date. I didn't know him. He was a referral from Pat Flynn, like Pat introduced us. I wasn't really sure who this guy was, so I didn't know if he was going to pick my brain, but I just had a good feeling about it. I felt like he just wanted to get together, meet other people in the industry, and now we're like best friends. So I'm glad I said yes to that coffee date, so go with your gut on that. But I have a great resource for you. I want you to watch a short video that Marie Forleo did about how to respond when someone asks to pick your brain. It is a really good video, short, sweet, to the point, but full of responses that you can use the next time you're asked. So if you go to amyporterfield.com forward slash 211, amyporterfield.com forward slash 211, in the show notes, if you scroll down, I'm going to link to Marie Forleo's video, the exact one I want you to watch. Okay, let's keep moving on. Number four, yes to creating bonuses for other people's programs. When I was first starting out, this was a great strategy for me because I was trying to get in front of other people's audiences and grow my list. So I would build bonuses or trainings for other people's programs. I was able to grow my list and reach a bigger audience because of the strategy. So I was happy with it at first. But then once I reached a certain phase in my business, I realized I should be using my best content for my students. I should be spending time on my courses. So again, in the early years, probably the first two years, I probably contributed my own content into bonuses for other people's programs about three, four, maybe five times throughout two years. And then I said, okay, I'm going to shift gears. It was great for me. I would have never gotten in front of those audiences if I didn't get to be a part of their programs. Now I'm very selective. I only do it once a year and I do it for Marie Forleo's B-School. I have a bonus in there all about getting started with Facebook advertising for list building. It's actually inside the B-School program as a bonus. Now it makes perfect sense. One, Marie has a massive audience and I would love to get in front of more of her audience because I know we have great alignment. And number two, I'm a huge affiliate for that program. So it gives me more clout to say, I'm promoting this program and I'm inside this program as well. So that is a perfect fit. However, if I were to do that for a lot of other people, especially if I didn't have a connection with their product, I should be spending that time now for where I'm at in my business on my own content, my own bonuses, my own programs. So for you, if you're just starting out in those first few years, getting your own content or a special bonus you put together in another person's program, especially if they're going to attract 
an ideal audience for you. That's a big factor there. It's a great way to get exposure for your content and just for your own personal brand. I highly recommend it. As your business grows, I want you to think about the opportunity cost. Yeah, there's a cost to that opportunity as well. Are you wasting time building content for other people that would be better served for your own platform? This is a best yes that should eventually turn into a strategic no thank you for most offers you get to put your content into their programs. Be strategic, but I love doing it in those early years. We are online marketers, which means we have unique needs. And there are so many options out there for paid media. Sometimes it's hard to figure out where should you go to reach your ideal audience. But here's the thing. Have you thought about LinkedIn ads? LinkedIn ads empowers marketers with solutions for you and your customers, and it allows you to build the right relationships and drive results and reach your customers with meaningful content. You do not want to sleep on LinkedIn ads. And here's the thing, 79% of content marketers said LinkedIn produces the best results for paid media. I hear it from so many of my peers, and I know you're doing important work. And with that, you want to make sure that the work you're doing is getting in front of the right people. And that's what LinkedIn ads will allow you to do. So let your marketing efforts connect with the right audience and get a $100 credit on your next campaign. So if you go to linkedin.com slash Amy, you can get that $100 credit. So that's linkedin.com slash Amy. Terms and conditions apply. And the final yes. Yes to allowing your guest bloggers or guest interviews on your podcast to get opt-ins from your platform. Now, this one sounds a little bit controversial, right? And it's actually more recent for me that I turned this yes into a no. So let me explain. When I first started the podcast, guests would come on. And if we thought about an opt-in opportunity, some kind of freebie for that guest, they were allowed to mention it on my show and drive traffic back to their own website. So they would capture leads from being on my platform. Now, this made sense to me at the time because I was just starting out. I didn't have tons of people listening to my podcast in the beginning. And so I wanted to incentivize my guests because I wanted to go for some really good names. I wanted to incentivize them to come on my show. So I would say, hey, if we can think of a really great PDF, freebie, checklist, guide, whatever it might be, I'm happy for you to mention it on the show and you can send them to your own opt-in page to get leads. And this was always like, uh, yeah, bring it on. Now, I didn't do it a lot. Let's not get crazy. There might be 20 people total, and that might be generous, on my podcast right now that had the opportunity to send traffic to a specific opt-in based on the topic we talked about on the podcast. But still, it was a great opportunity for them, especially now that the show has gotten really popular and has so many episodes and so many people going back to past episodes. However, about a year ago, I decided that I would keep all opt-in opportunities that are mentioned on my show to my site only. So for sure, I would give a shout out to my guest and I would link to their website in my show notes. But when it came to creating freebies, any kind of opt-in opportunity, I would collect the leads only. I'm at a place now with this podcast after 200 episodes where I can do that. 
guests come on because they know it's a great platform. They know they're going to get in front of some great people, all of you, but I don't have to entice them with also getting leads. For me, this feels right. And actually, you might say, I don't care where I'm at in my business, Amy, on my podcast, if I create a freebie, I'm not allowing those leads to go to my guest. And I say more power to you. Maybe that should be a no. However, it did work well for me. And I like to show you a few different options that you've got. And so if you really want a big name to come on your show and you are just starting out, Allowing them to get leads, even if they got 100 or 200 leads from that episode, that could be very valuable from them. So it's a strategy that you want to just use wisely. And then when you get to a place, I want you to turn that best yes into a strategic no. So be mindful of this one as well. So for you, think about how you're giving other people opt-in opportunities or lead opportunities from your own audience. Ask yourself if that feels right for you right now. And then as your business grows, as you start to scale, I want you to pull back on that strategy and keep those leads for your own platform. You've done the work, you've attracted the big audience, you deserve to keep those in-house. So just, again, a little bit controversial, do what you will with this one, but it worked really well for me. But now that best yes has definitely turned into a strategic no thank you. (laughs) Okay, so let's wrap this up. Let me run through that list one more time so you have them top of mind. In my early days, here were some of my best yeses. Number one, yes to speaking opportunities. Number two, yes to trades. Number three, yes to one-off chats and coffee dates. Number four, yes to creating bonuses for other people's programs. And number five, yes to guest bloggers and guests on my podcast getting the opt-in. All of those yeses have now become strategic no thank yous. Hopefully, these examples will help you figure out some of your best yeses in the phase of business that you are in right now today. And remember, at any time, your best yeses can become your strategic no's as well. Just pay attention to how you're feeling about them, how they are serving you, and how they are serving your audience as well. I cannot wait to meet you here again next week. Next week is going to be a fun one because I have Rick Mulready back on the show, but this time he is not talking about Facebook ads. Instead, he's going to share how he hit the $1 million mark in his business for his 2017 year and how he did it with a really small list or at least a smaller list than you might guess. Also, he's going to share some things he's never shared before about where he was back in the day and how dark those days used to be and how he came out of it and where he is today. So he's getting vulnerable and I love it. Also, to still make it strategic and actionable and get down to the nitty gritty of online marketing, he's going to share a re-engagement list building campaign. There were people on his list that were not engaging with him, and he did a specific strategy that he's going to walk you through. I think you're going to love it. All right. So meet me here again next week. And until then, have a great week. Talk to you soon. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast at www.amyporterfield.com. 